Hello, hello, and welcome to a brand new season of Real Detectives. My name is Adam Howe, and I'm joined once again by the fabulous Gillian Roberts. How are you doing? I'm here too. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, here. I'm here now. Uh, I'm good. I'm weirdly tired. Um, but, you know, weirdly tired. Like, I haven't been working so much recently. <laughs> I'm like, why am I so exhausted? And it's... St. Patrick's Day, as of like, we're, well, we're recording on St. Patrick's Day. It's not actually <laughs> going to be released today because I'm not yeah. a wizard editor. But I mean, because he's got to go and celebrate the holiday. Yes, obviously. Except I'm got so festivities. I'm so annoyed right now though because basically, I'm not sure if it's the same in Cork right now, but here in London, St. Patrick's Day is like, it's a festival over like a week, which I don't really get because I mean, it's really it's a fucking. It's St. Patrick's Day. It's there in the name, guys. And they had the parade on the 13th. So, like, literally last Sunday. So, I'm like... Really? Yeah, I don't think there's a parade today that I know of, which I'm a bit bummed by. Because I want to go to a parade. So... That's fucking weird. It's so weird. And they had the parade on Sunday. And, yeah. But I'm going to go to an Irish bar tonight with a few friends. Listen to some trad. Very excited for that. And nice. connect to my, my, my roots. Just think about what St. Patrick did for our people, you know? <laughs> yes. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Goodbye, snakes. So grateful for him. <laughs> I actually love snakes. I used to want a snake as a pet when I was um, small, but my mom would never let me. I just had this thing about snakes and I wanted a snake, but um, mom would not get one. come from? I don't know. I was just, I just liked snakes. I thought they were really cute. I just wanted cute. one. Cute? That's all the adjective word. Yeah. What? Uh, they are cute. Like, do you ever see pictures of like corn snakes? And they're just like, they're so cute. Have you seen that? I like them. Um, really freaky, uh, like. Actually, do you know what? Fuck St. Patrick. Yeah. yeah. I said it. I want Ireland to be full of snakes. We're coming back and we're getting cancelled immediately. Oh my god. Let's go. <laughs> Have you seen that crazy like David Attenborough documentary of like the snake chasing the oh what is it again? Fuck. Oh the iguana yes. or whatever. Yeah, I did. That's crazy. That's like that's so good. Stress. <laughs> oh my god. It's so tense. You're like, oh my god. So that's and what you'd be living with. Dies. Oh my god. Not not all snakes are like that. What about the ones in Australia that like go in the bathroom? So when you're taking well, your poop, that's not the kind of snake that I would have in my house. It would be like a corn snake, like the ones that people have as pets. But I respect them. <laughs> Do you snakes? <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> yeah, um, we're back. Um, it's season four. Uh, firstly, <laughs> well, season three didn't exactly go as according to plan because. We just no. were fucking busy. That's really much the only excuse that I have. <laughs> um, but it's a good excuse. I mean, look, this is something we do for fun. Like, you know, we're just, it's like in our spare time. We just like to do it. So yeah. sometimes life, paid jobs, etc., commitments come in the way. And we kind of have to go, you know, the podcast has to take a little backseat for a minute because we're working girls. We're girl bossing. <laughs> yes. Girl bossing forever. Um, but we're mm-hmm. back, we're here to review uh, some more films for you, but today, you gave me a terrifying look there. Did I? <laughs> I thought you were going to be oh, like, sorry, wait, we're, we're, wait, we're reviewing something today. Did I? No, I was just like looking out the window like this. 
<laughs> I thought you were sun, like, oh I'm shit. I'm sitting in front of a window right now, and it's it's actually it's a really nice day today. It is. It's so um, I'm going to go for a run after bright. this. But um, we're Dude. not reviewing a film today. Just like our season three premiere, we are going to do a little chat Q and A uh, episode just to a qua, if you will, a qua, if you will, uh, just to get to know us a bit more because. We talk about films a lot, but we don't talk about ourselves a great deal. Um, Whoa. But I took to... Actually, I just thought it would be fun for ourselves to just ask each other some questions because um, it'll be interesting. And I have one or two questions that I've actually wanted to ask you for a little bit. So I'm actually... It's not like nothing insanely personal. It's about like film and acting. It's something like, so what's your biggest (laughs) fear? (laughs) What size pussy you wear. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what we're going to be doing today. So um, I've come up with a couple of questions. I'm not sure. I haven't asked you if you have any, if you've come up with any questions or are you going to just go off the cuff? I didn't come up with any questions. I kind of (laughs) forgot about that uh, aspect. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I'm sorry. But I'll think of something. <laughs> you can go I first. I kind of knew. I kind of knew this was gonna. But you know what? I like this. It's, Sorry. It's more off the cuff and natural, which is fine. Don't worry. No, I said it really because because we had planned to. We're going. We're going. Our neck. We're going to review Eclipse. That's like the plan. But um, I want just to kind of like do a little chatteroo episode for the first one. So and then I just kind of like mm-hmm. think even yesterday I just sprung it on you that we're going to be doing Q and A thing. So mm. do not worry about um, <laughs> not coming up with questions. Besides, my questions are like, literally, I was at work, went to the bathroom for a little break, was on the loo, just like she's uh, typing in questions that I thought would be interesting. So don't worry about it. It isn't too complex. But okay. the first... Well, maybe I could Google some well, as well, <laughs> right now. I didn't Google them. I just literally like thought in my head. I was like, what can I ask Jolene? I was like, oh, oh, I'm interested in like asking her this. Oh, that'll be interesting to find out that or like this. You know what I mean? But um. My yes. first question is really easy, and it's related to like the podcast and film and TV. What are you currently watching? Are you watching any TV shows? Are you have you watched any films lately? Have you are you taking a little break? Because I know you're working a lot. So what's what's the dealio there? Yeah, um, my answer's super boring. I'm like actually not really watching anything at the moment. I've actually been really bad for like watching TV shows or or movies or anything like that. Last movie I saw was the Batman movie. Um, I thought it was good. But that was quite uh, recent, no? Yeah, yeah. So that's the last one I saw in the cinema. And then before that, I'm not sure. Did you enjoy it? It could have been West Side Story, maybe. Yeah, no, I liked it. It was good. Um, I know there's like there was like a lot of hype around it. I thought it was pretty good. I don't know if I was like, oh my God, mind blown, but it was right. good. Um, it was kind of like if Batman was in Seven. Oh, as in, as in... But I wish they had an the, R rating, so they really could have gone there, but they didn't. Oh, like the movie um, Seven? Yeah. Okay. It was more of like a serial killer kind of, you know, thriller thing. Okay, cool. Um, I thought it was good, um, but yeah. So that was the last movie I saw. And then uh, in terms of shows, I'm actually, well, me and Mark are currently kind of watching, but very slowly, um, the anime Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, which we're both quite enjoying a lot. Nice. Um, it's ridiculous. What's that on? Um, I haven't heard of it. Sorry. It's on Netflix. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just insane. 
it's just yeah it's it's totally ridiculous um so we're just kind of enjoying that the accents in the first season the english accents are so bad <laughs> um but it's really really funny <laughs> kind of adds to it also like all the characters are named after like famous bands from the 70s so like this guy will come up and be like hi it's me uh, Reginald Edward Speedwagon or Reginald Edward Oliver Speedwagon. So you're going, oh, he's REO Speedwagon. Are oh, you serious? Oh, right. I get it. <laughs> uh, and like, it's just so funny. That character in particular is like, he, I feel like in the first season anyway, because we've only just watched that um, so far. But like, you know, things will be happening and he just jumps up to perfectly describe exactly what you just saw happen. <laughs> so, like, say Jojo will, like, punch uh, Dio, this other character, in the face, and then Ario Speedwagon will be like, uh, Blimey! He just went and punched him in the face! Oh, my God! I can't believe Jojo just did that! And you're like, I, we, I, It just happened, Ario. <laughs> Me, me and Mark all the time be like, Ario Speedwagon, are you for real? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, but no, I, I am enjoying it. And apparently the second season is, um, is like, better. He's trying to lure you in like he's not. Right about now you're probably wondering who I am. Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. So that's really, that's really it. Kind of a boring answer, but yeah, I watch a lot of YouTube. Okay. Um... So that's kind of what I'd be doing. Just like random videos. Um, I just watched uh, this like four hour, no, four and a half hour video, like dissecting iCarly. Um, what? No, you have to do that really to me right now. It, it's called I Binged iCarly. It's like part of a series. And your man, I just got in my recommended. Now he's doing Victorious. He uploaded an eight hour video essay about Victorious. I've never I was seen like, Victorious, oh my God. but oh my God, I, I was like, I okay, I have to watch this. So I watched the four and a half hour. Um, I was like eight hour video about Victorious. Like, I could put <laughs> so that much. on when I start work and have it play the entire time through work, through my break and be just about finished when I go home. Maybe Holy even. Holy shit have a little bit left over. I was like, that's insane. I love that, though. Um, Please send so yeah, that, that to me. A, that's I'd love to I watch that. recently watched. Is it yeah, just dissecting, like, the plot and, like, the arc? And, like, or is yeah, it, like, behind-the-scenes the the... stuff with, like, Dan Schneider and all that shenanigans? Hasn't really got into that yet, but I think maybe in the second episode, which is... It's a, it's a little shorter. It's only, like, you know, three hours. Um, so is it, like, they... So... Is it someone re-watching it and kind of doing a hot take on it or what's the vibe yeah it's like he kind of goes through every episode and is like this happens in this episode okay. and this is a reoccurring thing i've noticed and you know oh. the, and then talking about like the <laughs> web that. the actual icarly website um because there was an actual icarly website that you could go on and they have videos oh, I, I remember, remember i used that. to go on that website Me too yeah <laughs> and kind of talking about that as well um and yeah it's just interesting especially if you like i think it's perfect for someone like in our generation who actually watched iCarly, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think he's kind of the same age as us because he was kind of like, you know, it was kind of the last Nickelodeon show I watched before I That's got a bit a, too me old too. to be watching exactly. Nick. That's how I feel about iCarly. Yeah. yeah. I think so it was the last, I think he's, the last show on Nick I watched, really. It was for me. But it was like in that phase where you were kind of going, yeah, no, I don't watch Nickelodeon, but like secretly you were I like, do actually iCarly watch iCarly. does slap. That's the thing. But iCarly, though, I mean, it's not as good as Drake and Josh. No, but mm, no. 
it's good. <laughs> I was like, it's fine. It'll do. Um, <laughs> well, but yeah, so that was that. the last YouTube video I watched. I'll send it to you. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good to have on in the background. Okay. Love that. Um, but yeah, so what, what, are, what are you watching at the moment? Um, I like to, I like to jump between watching something I haven't seen and something I have seen like quite regularly, uh, mainly yeah. for you. I, I watch things I have seen already mainly be, for like reasons if I'm like getting ready or if I want something on in the background while I cook or while I'm doing something, I'll put like something like Schitt's Creek on, which I love. I've watched that show kind of over a bunch of times. Um, my friend Miko introduced me to Schitt's Creek about three years ago and there's like a character in it, Alexis, who is my favourite character and it was a compilation of um, her just saying her brother's name, David, like in a compilation because <laughs> she says it all the time on the show. She's like, David, ew, David. And I watched this compilation and I was like, I have to watch this. I just remember thinking that when I saw that little clip on YouTube and I was like, oh, this looks camp hilarious, really fun. And also Catherine O'Hara was in it too. And she is basically the campus character on the show. And I was watching these clips and I was like, I need to watch this as soon as possible. What's your point, David? David. It's not David. David. Honestly, David. But yeah, so I, I started watching the show with him. First season is a bit of a trek to get through because I think it was like finding its feet. But, uh, and it was a very, like, kind of unheard, like, unknown show when it first came out. No one really knew about it. And it kind of took off around season three and four. And then it really blew up. And it was this huge sensation that it is. And then season five, mm. and, five and six came out. And they're just absolutely, like, peak. Like, it's beautiful writing and amazing um, performances from all the main, all four leads. And then, like, in the final season, it won, like, nine Emmys. And, like, all four, yeah. all four of them won Emmys for, like, all the four lead characters won Emmys. So I watch that, like, when I'm kind of maybe even feeling down. Because it's such a joyous show. It's really, like, you know, life-affirming and positive, And there's no real serious or, like, um, emotional or, like, kind of, like, disheartening plot points or, like, you know, sad beats. It's all quite positive and fun and it's a good it's a fun like uplifting show so I watch that if I'm feeling down or getting ready for work or if I'm like just want something on in the background um same with weirdly I'm watching a lot of drag race re um <laughs> again it's like that's also yeah. a thing I like to watch in the background like I've watched pretty much everything up to season 10 I want to say I haven't really seen much of the new seasons um I haven't either yeah I I think is 10 the one with um Eureka and um Aquaria and stuff. Yeah, that's the no, last. No, sorry. Yeah, that's, that's ten. Yeah, that's the last one I watched the whole way through. Yeah, um, um, I, I really kind of fell off with it then. Yeah, I think personally, I think the show has gotten like it's nothing to do with the, the queens. I think all the queens are very talented, and obviously, I admire them and think art. I mean, uh, drag is such a unique art form and a form of expression. That's really, um, it's wonderful to see this um, art mm. form being screened and being celebrated like this in the show and it's wonderful but to me it's nothing to do with the the queens themselves it's actually like 
the the challenges they have to do in the newer seasons. And I think yeah. the judging has gone a little bit um, stale. I think they need to like introduce some new blood. Sorry, I just think that's the, the tea. Like, I think the only good judge still is Michelle, really. I'm sorry mm. to say it. I think Carson and Ross fucking fire them. Sorry, Ross is just not funny. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> I'm sorry. If anyone yeah. out there is a Ross Matthews stan... I'm, Ross, I'm all the Ross stands. I'm, I'm are not in. a Ross Matthews stand. Whenever RuPaul's like the hilarious Ross Matthews, I'm like, where? Shut up, Ross. Where? When? <laughs> um, and Carson's fine. Show me he's, the tape. He's fine. And Rue is also just fine. I have a lot of things about Rue that I'm just kind of like. I hear a lot of things. And I'm like, mm, I don't know if I like this. And I just don't find the humor of the um, judging is in the current seasons aren't really. Um, to me funny but I think some of the judging can be a bit a little bit old-fashioned old um yeah old-fashioned but apart from that I've been watching some Drag Race um what else have I been watching I've been watching like trying to watch some new uh like a new film every week um oh that's good yeah just kind of like a, like a film I hadn't seen I like to kind of keep that up because I think it's I like watching new things <clears throat> like last night for instance I watched this really great film i saw i mean i'd heard about it it's called educating rita i'm not sure if you've heard of the play hmm. um no. basically willie russell who wrote um willie <laughs> who wrote like um sorry <laughs> shirley valentine our day out which we did in school <laughs> oh yeah um among other things he wrote this play in 1980 and then there was a film version in 1983 um, with Michael Caine and Julie Walters. It was her first, like, feature film. And it was just such a great film. Like, the writing was amazing. It was beautifully shot. And the performances were amazing. It's basically about this, like, um, kind of uh, working-class 27-year-old um, woman from Liverpool who is married but it has no education and wants to basically... She's joining this open university to get an education and kind of, like, find herself before she starts a family. And... Mm -hmm. In the beginning of the film, she like meets Michael Caine, who is her, who is the professor who's hired to teach her. Um, she's like, it's so interesting seeing her arc from the beginning to the end of the film because she's so she changes so drastically in a good way. Like she learns a lot mm -hmm. and she becomes more um, confident in herself and her knowledge and what she's learning. And um, this is a really beautiful film. Like just lovely to watch. Really funny. Julie Walters was amazing. She won a BAFTA. Um, for it. Oh, nice. And it's really funny. But also, I was watching the film and the entire time I was like, it's set in Liverpool, I think, because it's not really specified, but she is a very thick Liverpool accent, so I was assuming it's set in Liverpool, and I've never been. But I was watching it, and I was like, I know this city. Why do I know this city? And I was like, getting really confused, because I'd never been to Liverpool. I was like, have I been to Liverpool? Why do I recognise that university, that place? Turns mm -hmm. out the entire film was set, it was filmed in Dublin. What? The entire really? movie. The, every single scene was shot in Dublin. And I was like, what? What the hell? Because like the budget was super <laughs> low. It was like three million. And I think like some of the crew members wanted to get paid without getting taxed in the UK. So they went to Ireland oh. to shoot it to avoid tax. And I was like, that's right. fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, so I watched that um, last night. I think last week I watched a really good film, Brief Encounter. It's like a classic from the 40s, um, mm -hmm. directed by David Lean, um, who did like Lawrence Arabia, Dr. Zhivago, Ryan Stoddard, all those like big epic, oh, yeah. epic films. But this is kind of before he made 
the epics and it was like I found it on BBC iPlayer and it was like an hour and 20 minutes really short and it's about like two married people who um meet by chance uh, on their commute home in a, on a railway station they fall oh, no. and they f- form they fall in love and have like this brief this brief relationship uh for like four weeks they meet every Thursday and but it's just it was, it was such a vibe like it was so 40s the woman was wearing amazing shoulder pads had great hair her voice I was obsessed with she sounded like she always had to cry like she was at the brink <laughs> of tears and it was so like emotion filled and like the, the it's basically told through her perspective so like it's a, there's a lot of mm-hmm. inner monologue like she basically it starts with it starts when the film starts with the couple leaving each other and her going home and recounting everything being like I can't believe this has happened to me I fell in love with a guy and I'm married and I have, have kids but here's my perspective and why it all happened and at the time when it came out it was obviously like the censors were like holy shit we're like emphasizing with uh, with an adulteress essentially and it was like mm. banned in Ireland I read <laughs> it was like all these oh, things no. but it was such a vibe the 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 dialogue was beautiful especially from her perspective you really do kind of understand this um situation she's in like you know she's she is ha- happily married to a point like she she's I think she's just kind of bored but she um just happens to fall in love with this person who she connects with and they meet mm-hmm. every so often and they both find it among like found it within themselves that it's not going to work and they're going to have to part ways and it's really beautiful um and this is one scene where she's like pouring coffee and she has this like vacuum coffee filter like mug like this kettle mm-hmm. thing i was obsessed with it it was so cool this like handle was so curved and the way she was holding Ooh. it and it was pouring in it was like the gravity like when she tilted it it like stayed centered it was dope loved that that was great Five. um <clears throat> but apart from that yeah i'm trying to watch like a new film every week as well as like balancing like stuff i have seen before like i even rewatched a merchant ivory film recently which was fun because mm. i got it on blu-ray and i re- and i'd seen it i found a really shitty link online during the first lockdown and watched it it was called quartet and it's like before merchant ivory really kind of peaked with their prior dramas it was like the early mm. 80s um set in paris um 1920s very fabulous great costumes Maggie Smith's in it with a really great haircut and she sobs in this one scene and I was like every time I rewatch I'm like I've never seen Maggie Smith like cry like that on screen and it's a moment it's really good and yeah that's what I've been watching that's kind of um that's me I also watched the new Emma movie didn't like it as a Jane Austen stan I'm sorry I didn't enjoy Emma very much Okay, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Is that the, that's the one with um, the Queen's Gambit? Yeah, Anna Taylor yeah. Joy. Is that her name? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like. Okay, here's what I'll say: the costumes and the production design. Obviously, as it's set in Regency era, it's beautiful to look at. But it committed that like one thing in period dramas that I hate, where the costumes and the sets look way too perfect and not lived in. Like. It's okay. like you can just it's it, you can it's like when you look at the frame you can obviously appreciate it for the detail and like the beauty of it mm. all and like it really popped like all the colors and the the whole perfection of a, of the of the frames and the craft but at the same time I like to see a bit of you know 
bit of edge, you know, like these people have lived in this, like these, this is their home, this is their house, you know, like why, why shouldn't mm. that dress have a little, maybe a small stain or a small tear here and there? Like, you know, this was Edward, like, I mean, not Edwardian, this was Regency period, people barely bathed, <laughs> like, you know, like the, these, like, the, like barely washed the their good teeth. Old the, good, <laughs> the good old days. The good old days. And I watched it and I'm like, why did it look so perfect? And also the script, I felt. Well, Emma is probably my, one of my least favorite Austen books. So mm-hmm. um, I just think the story, it's just not, it's not strong enough for me personally. And this humor, because obviously Jane Austen's books are filled with humor and satirical. Um, she's a comedy queen. She's a comedy queen. Satirical a- analysis, um, which I love work. Yeah. But with this adaptation, it seemed that they were trying so hard to make it witty and funny that it kind of swerved away from the satirical comedy of it. It was more about like the whimsical comedy, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I felt watching it. And I just didn't really feel a lot of um, depth to the characters. I felt they were all quite borderline boring. Sorry about it. Um, but also, I'm just mm-hmm. not a big fan of the book. So. That's just me. That's fair. Yeah, it's one I don't know. I really don't know anything about, really. I couldn't tell you the plot. Is that is Emma the one where she's like, oh, I'm going to set up these people. Yeah. She's like the matchmaker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's Emma. yeah, that's all I know. I know like the basic plot, but I don't really know anything about it. But um, that's too bad. Yeah, but that's that's my very long answer. <laughs> so I tend, I haven't recorded in a while. I just wanted to ramble about yeah. film for a hot minute. I haven't done no, it in a do. hot second. Um, yeah. Do you want me to keep going with the questions? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, so my next question is, uh, I'm just going to pop up my notes because I know this one is... Oh, yes. So I want to go into um, and ask you a question about acting, if that's okay. Because I don't think I've, like, talked to you a lot about... Well, I've, obviously, I've directed you and we've talked about, like, performances and, like, me getting a performance, like out of you and you give, give, giving me a performance but when you were starting off acting you I mean you started quite young I, I, I believe and was there a performance or a film or a play or a or even like any work of fiction or something like did anything did you watch or um, view anything and you were like oh I'd love to do that um like when I was like a child, or whenever, like maybe when you were like starting off acting, or were getting into it, or you were already starting mm-hmm. it. But was there anything that like you were like, oh shit, I'd love to do that? Um, to be honest, like not really. really? <laughs> Sorry, it's a, it's sort of like a boring answer, but um. I mean, I could watch something and be like, oh, they did a good job, or like that's a cool play, I guess. But like. There's no, I wouldn't say I have like a dream role or anything like that. Like, I'd love to play this character in this thing. Okay. Like, it's just not something I really think about. Right. Like, I like, I like to do acting. But I wouldn't say that I'm like one of these people who's like obsessed with plays, obsessed with, you know, the craft or whatever. Okay. Like, as in, obviously it's interesting, but, uh, and obviously I did a degree in it. So like, you know, I, I know some stuff about it, but like. I just, I really just like to do it and I don't really tend to think about it that much. 
to be honest, which probably I should try and think about it more. But like, even even when I'm doing shows, like I wouldn't, I don't, I don't tend to do a lot of like, a lot of like work or anything like that. I just kind of like figure it out as I'm doing it. Okay. And um, Do you mean like, like preparation? Like I wouldn't like sit down and be like, okay, let me make up a backstory for my character. Or like, okay. I'm going to really think about this and that. Uh, probably I should. Um, it would probably help me, but I just don't really do that stuff. Um, yeah, I just kind of, um, yeah, it's not something that I really think about too much. Obviously, like, I, I like to act, but I'd really do anything. Like, I'm down for for anything. So okay. there's nothing really that I'm like, you know, that I think. I mean, I guess if I think of, like, things I've done in the past that I liked, like, you know, I've done a, a few, like, dramatic things, like, you know, emotional, those kind of things. Like, mm. I guess I like the challenge of those, uh, which is... Um, you know, and it's 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 cool to kind of get to be able to do something and kind of that's challenging and feel like you achieved something. Right. Um, but I like to do comedy as well. Um, I'd love to which see. Which can be challenging in its own way. You know, being funny is kind of sometimes harder than being dramatic because like, you know, comedic timing can be can be tricky and, mm, mm. you know, it's easier to, to go, I feel like, for like an to an emotional place then like make someone laugh that can be that can be a lot more challenging you know for sure um in in different ways so um yeah i i don't know if that makes any sense no it does, even for sure no it's question. super interesting getting an insight into your into this for sure but even like when yeah, you were like a kid I, like i know you did yeah. i know you did like you did like hairspray. Didn't you? I think you did. Oh yeah. Grease. Well, like were those shows where you were in, like, oh, fuck, like yes. in school. Yeah, not that's like what I mean. uh, even to, to make it sound like, oh yeah, in the uh, West End. No, no, like, no, no. no. I as mean in, like in school and stuff. When yeah. you were doing all these shows, <laughs> were you like school. on stage and were you like fucking feeling your oats and being like, oh yes, this is it? Or was it more like, cool, this is it? <laughs> um, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, no, like I love. That's the part of it that I love. Like I love. I love to be on stage. I love to perform okay. on stage in particular. Like um, film acting is is fun, but um, being on stage is like you know obviously it's live, so it's a little bit more exciting. Yeah, adrenaline. There's like potential for things to go wrong. You know, you could forget a line. You have to really be on your toes. Like if you do forget a line, what are you gonna do? Mm. You have to think on your feet. Mm. You know, and it's exciting. And, uh, you know, it's nice to be able to, um, you know, I feel very like focused when I'm doing that. So that's nice. It's always nice yeah. to do something where you feel really focused, like you're in the zone. Right. So I like to, I like it, I guess, because of that reason. So does like the act, um, the actual act of doing it is what, uh, gets you motivated and, and, and what you love about it. It doesn't matter about yeah, the I piece guess. itself. Like, obviously you want to do a piece that I assume has some um interest to you um yeah but like, also it's just doing that, it as well yeah. it's really exciting for you I'm, I'm, I'm assuming yeah it's mostly the the doing it but like obviously you know a piece that has if if it's something you know that's well written obviously like you're gonna want to do that more like mm. a realistic dialogue or you know Italia. things that are you know actually you can relate to or that uh you know have emotional resonance with you um even if you you don't relate to the situation you can still uh from the writing kind of pick up what uh 
you know, the emotions that they're trying to like, you know, or the, the character would be experiencing in that, in that situation or whatever. Um, you know, things like that obviously are, are probably more fun to perform because they're well-written. So, yeah. you know, obviously performing things that aren't well-written <laughs> isn't going to be as fun. Uh, d- deep thoughts with Jillian. Um, no, I but, love this. Uh, yeah. so, it's so interesting. <laughs> I love hearing all this because I haven't, we haven't um, talked about this in depth, which I find interesting. You know, if there's a, if there's a play where I have to start crying or something, like it's not like I don't, well, sometimes it, it can happen where you're doing the monologue and you're in the zone and you start to feel the emotion like that your character's feeling mm. and you might start crying. But, you know, quite often I will kind of be like trying to get in the zone by just like thinking about sad things that have happened to me yeah, personally. Yeah, that's that what helps I would do, to like sure. trigger it. And then, you know, you just start crying or whatever because you're thinking about something that's actually sad and for me or like, you know, that I, I um, have experienced. For so. sure. Yeah. I guess it's like a little shortcut to the emotion. I don't know if that's the like good way to do it, but that's kind of what I do. Yeah. And I guess you do the same thing. No, yeah. I do. I I find that um, not easier, but it just helps me also get into the psyche of the character by if once I kind of help myself channel an emotion, I can channel that character. That probably makes no sense at all, but that's kind of no, no, it how does. it I think works it's a Stanislavski me. thing, but I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Revoke my degree. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Honestly, I studied Stanislavski as well in, in film yeah. school. But um going back to like the if there was a role or a piece that um I go to if if I do if like that I enjoyed as at a young age that kind of inspired me to like uh, acting is something I am interested in. Um, mm. I, I, my brain instantly goes to um, Some Like It Hot and Jack Lemmon in that movie because um, mm-hmm. I watched that at a very, very young age and it's, it's I mean, it's a classic. It's an amazing film. So funny to this mm. day. It makes me laugh out loud. And Jack Lemmon's performance in it is just absolutely brilliant. And I remember being so obsessed with that, uh, what his work on that movie. And lo- mm. I used to like recite his lines. I pretty much know all his lines by heart. I love his just re- his reactions to every single scene and dialogue, and whether it be outrageous or dramatic, he seems to find some honesty in um, every single um, reaction or line he delivers. I think it's really exciting and fun to watch and really cool. But yeah. um, I I'm very what? much taken yeah. by uh, comedy. I think comedy role. I'd love mm. I'd love to do be in a comedy. Absolutely yeah. fucking love that. That'd be brilliant. You'd be so good. I feel like you would be good at that. Like there's some like there's so many films like so many films or roles when I'm like watching it with a friend or like I remember with Miko especially because Miko, my friend Miko, is a writer and director. He's a brilliant writer. He's fantastic, and I'm waiting for him to write me another comedy character. And I'm, we're watching things yeah. like Bridesmaids and like Rita will pop up and say a funny line or one of the characters, and I'm like. Miko, write me a character like Rita. <laughs> Just, I want to be Rita. Let's <laughs> do that. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's it's weird. Like, even, like, more current performances. Like, I loved um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Fleabag. I think she's, actually, like, amazing in that. And the scripts are brilliant. Um, mm. Even th- like Daniel Levy in Schitt's Creek as the son. He is brilliant. The, com- the comedic, perf- like, timing and his... Spatial expressions and some of his deliveries are just brilliant. Um, so those are like performances that for sure um, 
like not inspire me but have kind of motivated me to like maybe do more acting and Mm. kind of just go back and go and do this uh activity whether like you know this uh this thing I love to do, I love, I, if that, I don't know, that, that, that makes no sense at all, but, um, no, it does. Yeah. Those also, are, can I just say, because you made me think of it, um, by talking about some like it hot, we have to review, um, what was the one that we watched over the summer? Gentlemen prefer blondes. Absolutely. <laughs> so good. It's so it's good. So good. It's great. Yeah, we have to review that. And we have to watch, um, I have to show you How to Marry a Millionaire, which is another Marilyn Monroe film. And it's just, well, no, Gentlemen Prefer, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes is more, um, I think, more of a good movie. But Oh, it's ha- so good. How What's to marry... the song where your one is singing about um, like all the hot guys in the pool and they're just all naked and dancing around her? Like, I'm ready for love. But yeah, How to Marry a Millionaire is like, not as good of a film like there are it's not as i think it drags slightly but it's just as kind of has like camp energy like Mm. three rich new york ladies finding millionaires no they're like not rich but they're like they want to be richer (laughs) so they're like yeah let's find a man and marilyn monroe plays like one of the three women and she's like this beautiful blonde bombshell as she is and she's smart but she's also insanely blind like she needs to wear glasses at all times but she's like um, oh, men yeah. aren't attentive to girls who wear glasses or whatever that quote is is that the one um, where she's on the plane and your man's like put the glasses on yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so like the good. reverse of the like you know that typical scene in movies where they take off the glasses and they're like you're beautiful yes. she puts the glasses on he's like damn, damn. yeah literally it's glasses. it's fucking great it's so good and she's there yeah. she is playing that kind of dumb blonde character but She's, you know, with all the role, like all the dumb blonde characters she played, she tried to subject a bit of intelligence and wit into the role, which I appreciate. Um, She's so good. But yeah, uh, we'll definitely review those films and watch them um, at some stage. But um, my other question was also regarding acting. And it's, I think you touched on it, but I do, I mean, want to explore that more because I find it really interesting just personally so like you were saying with your um process you don't like really writing down like too much about the character's backstory and like kind of doing a heck of a lot of (laughs) preparation but do you find that like what like how would you what's what's the what's the route like how do you get into the character's psyche or like find the emotional truth in a role for you like what's the what's the method for you I I don't know like some people like I know like some friends of mine who are actors like you know they they really get a lot out of writing stuff down and like Mm. I think it's really great and like I'm so impressed whenever I see like people who have like a lot of notes and like things like that and I'm kind of like oh you know I like I think it's really like amazing but um I for me I just I don't know, like, I feel like if I tried to do that, I would just, like, like, it it just does not something that I feel like I want to do. Maybe that's just me being lazy, but I'm like, I'm. <laughs> it's just like, I'm like, uh, nah, I don't want to do that. Like, I get more out of, like, I think for me, like, first, I have to learn all the words off by heart so I'm not looking at the book. And once I do that, I think a lot just sort of comes 
a lot faster. Like uh, once you learn the words, you're not thinking about what's my next line. Mm. So you can actually think about how I want to say it or how I feel when I'm saying it. Yeah, I guess a lot of like, like, you know, what I what I kind of worked on a lot in college, I guess, is not is not preparing so much before you say a line, not be thinking, I'm going to say it like this. Okay. And I'm going to say it like this way, exactly in this exact intonation every single time, because that's the way you're supposed to say the line. Like, you you know, I feel like, because when you do that, it's very boring for an audience. Mm-hmm. Like, they can mm-hmm. see that you're just like, you're not, um, you know, like that you're preparing and that it's not fresh and that it's not like, you know, it's not new, you know? Fresh, new, and interesting. That was something we used to say in college. Our, our <laughs> lecturers used to say to us all the time. But um, what's fresh, new, and interesting about some exercise you did like a hundred times? And you're like, I don't know. Um, but uh, like, I think just trying not to to over prepare and like allowing myself to try new things and like, I guess a big part as well is being like. And a lot of this is, like, with the team you have around you. Because, like, a performance, it's not just, like, one person, you know. It's, like, the director. It's, like, your scene partner. It's, like, everybody. It's, like, a team effort, you know. It's nobody's just one one person who just, like, comes in. Obviously, there's some actors who are, like, amazing who need, I guess, less help. I don't know. But, like, it's not a... I would never say that it's, like, just a a one-person job. Mm -hmm. Any job in, like, a production. So, like... And in film as well, like, you know, so much comes from, like, the music and the the shots and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, I forgot what I was saying. I lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? Pro- um, your process. <laughs> you were talking about how <laughs> it's like a team effort. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, but I guess, like, oh, yeah, you have to be um, not afraid to try something and have it be bad. Like, if you're doing a a comedy, you have to be prepared to not be funny, to to be able to go and try things. Because if you're always afraid about how people are going to react to what you do or, like, think that you're, what you're doing is bad, um, you just have to accept that that's a possibility and kind of be okay with that. And it's that's still something that, like, you know, I would still struggle with. Um, and I'm sure most people struggle with. I don't think, I, unless you're just, like, incredibly confident, it's hard to be like a hundred percent like yeah i don't give a fuck Mm. i don't care if i go out there and it's a comedy and nobody laughs all night like that's uh you know that's not what you want to happen obviously but um like when you i think audiences can tell when you're holding back because you're afraid or because you're nervous so if you if you are able to let go of of that fear as much as possible um it's just only going to help you you know Mm. so that's something that's important as well for me um not being afraid to be bad at it and which is like it's you know it sounds paradoxical because it's like in order to be good you have to not be afraid to be bad yeah but um it's so true you know um and and so like that's why I was saying, like, you know, that also comes from, like, the team you have around you. Because, like, you know, if, say, you had a director who, if if they think you're doing a bad performance, they, like, scream at you. Obviously, you're not going to feel safe to um, to kind of try new things. Um, 
you know, or if like, you know, your scene partner laughs at you because they think you did something embarrassing. Like, obviously, you're not going to feel like, oh, I can go out and be creative and try new things. Mm. Um, so like that's a big part of it. Um, that's not really I guess that's not really like a process, but that's more just like something in general that oh, yeah, you yeah, are yeah. always working on with everything you do. Um, but yeah, I think um, just kind of going through the lines, I guess trying to like not be thinking so much from up here and just kind of allowing it to happen. Okay. Allowing yourself to say your lines without thinking too much about how you're going to say it. And <clears throat> yeah, I guess just trying, trying as much as possible to react from here and, or, you know, not reacting with your head, yeah. reacting with your body yeah. and with your heart. And you and can for sure tell when some actors do that. I feel personally yeah because like I get what you're saying it's kind of like it's the it's the group effort it's allowing yourself to have some freedom to explore the piece with the team and with the actual text itself um yeah but you can definitely see when an actor doesn't give them doesn't give themselves that freedom and doesn't listen to like their team or like not listen to the team but listen to their co co-actors or like colleagues and stuff mm -hmm. and you can tell when an actor is in their head kind of um just or too yeah too um structured with it they're not like giving themselves yeah. that like room to breathe with the role i feel yeah like only thinking with their heads and yeah. not their bodies exactly you know and 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 then it's just really stiff mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or like you know you can tell i think when someone's really concerned with how how they're being perceived all the time right right yes which is obviously super hard to get over because I mean you're literally on stage in a room full of people staring at you so it's kind of like how do you not think about that <laughs> but you kind of just have to like get, try and let it go but that's why I like with acting like on theater as well I feel like luckily I I don't tend to get very like I don't really get that much stage fright um mm. I would say I more get like an adrenaline rush like I find it exciting um more so than scary um but I know, like, obviously some actors struggle a lot with um, stage fright. Um, but uh, I think just uh, I, I like to use the adrenaline to, like, get me more focused. Mm. Um, but I, I don't really know what I'm talking about. So no, that's I don't know fascinating. Where I'm going with this. No, no, don't worry. No, it all makes sense. Everything you're saying makes sense. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, you for sure it does. What about you? Or do you have... Uh, I know, like, um, obviously you haven't done so much, like, stage mm. acting. I, I guess it's a little different for um, for film because, yeah. like, you know, you're, um, you might be doing the same scene, like, a couple of times. And, you know, it's uh, you've got to kind of stay, stay fresh every single time. Yeah, for um, sure. And not get too, like, I guess, sick of it. Mm. Or not, not sick of it, but, like, as in, you know... You have to be prepared to do yeah, waiting around and, and stuff like that. For more. sure. It is repetitive. Absolutely. As I'm sure you know as well from us working together, it, is, it isn't like a stage show where you uh, can kind so of boring. go through. So boring working with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You know, like with a stage show, you have like, you're yeah. basically going through that character's journey live and whether it be, you know, the t you're going yeah. through the timeline of the play completely structured and linear like it's it's very mm. much that but with a with the film it's it's 
it's different because you have to, you know, you could be, you're not shooting it chronologically, you're shooting it, usually mm-hmm. most, most of the time shooting it like different scenes at different times, like in different days and stuff. And it's all quite inconsistent and you have to really, yeah. you have to make your performance consistent. And by doing that, you work with the director and with your fellow actors, um, which I, as a, I mean, I'm more experienced as a writer and director and I do, I love acting as well. It's something I've been doing since I was really young. But I haven't, like, professionally studied it. Um, I've done, you know, school plays. I've done, like... I've been to drama classes when I was quite young. So, um, but I can, you know... I have, like... <laughs> not to sound vain, that nat- I have a natural ability to be able to kind of do something with acting. But um, I do find that with film, the, a big challenge for sure is kind of making sure your performance is like it all links together and it's consistent yeah. because each scene rolls into the next obviously as they do but you have to make sure that how you're acting in one scene isn't completely gonna like throw your performance in the next scene like you can't like be depending on the script of course but you can't be like you can't just shift dramatically because it's drawing for the audience obviously depend- mm. depending on the scene depending on the role but I remember that was a big thing on my first short film that I did a couple of years ago with Miko who I've mentioned he he cast me in it um and that was interesting kind of being trying to hone in you know um your performance and really thinking about how you're going to structure it scene by scene and how you're going to have them flow into the next scene it's kind of like when uh I'm going to use a Titanic analogy <laughs> when the ship was sinking and the and the the water gets up to the deck and then rolls on to the next one and then fills up again. It's kind of like that with acting. Mm. You know, you're doing this one scene and then you have to make sure that the it like flows on to the next. You have to just be like the Titanic. <laughs> of course, I have to fucking inject, <laughs> inject something. But um, Acting is like when all those people died on the Titanic. <laughs> it's just like that. But... Um, <laughs> No, I have a very similar approach to um, performing as you in terms of process. Um, I feel mm. I don't, I mean, I do, I prepare to, a, I prepare to a point, but like I said, I don't want to get too in my head with um, notes, not notes, but like, I don't want to structure a performance too um, specifically in my brain because I want to yeah. give, I want to give myself freedom to work Especially, I think what's so important is working with the actors alongside you, because um, mm. they can—you don't know what they're going to do. They could do a really structured performance, or they could go completely off off the wall and do something completely different with the scene or the or mm. the dialogue. And you have to you have to be able to move with them. You have to listen to them and take into take into account what they're doing in the scene. Um, so I don't really give myself too much um, structure. I'll. N- kind of well I will I would for sure like want to get I'd want to get some sort of uh backstory um it, not complete backstory not like in-depth like essay obviously but like something like especially I like to get it from my director like I think that's the same when I'm directing I like to give my actor I think I even gave you a like a page long description of mm. of Jane's character from Standing on Your Grave I think I did that with you I like when a director does that cause I like to because like it's or, or the writer. I like to, you know, I like to um, follow what their view of the character is. Um, 
because you know they're they're right they're writers they're artists and they've you know they're doing that work and I'm also an artist as an actor and I can explore what they're doing and bring something new to it as well but um I like to work along some sort of, like some form of preparation in terms of backstory but also I like to um explore it with um other actors and on on set on film sets especially like when blocking the scene um I love working I love working with other actors and seeing what they're going to bring to the scene and try and work on like on your feet try and like you know right there in the moment um make some mm-hmm. decisions to your performance I find that really exciting and fun um uh, and and also the director if they have like a really like if they have a really um last minute note that changes things or doesn't change things at all you want to like play with that so I feel for sure I like to have a have a lot of freedom uh, but also, like you, I actually unlike you. You you mentioned that you like want to get the lines down and like do that. I mm. don't have to. I'm quite actually a quick study. I'm a very quick study, as little Edie would mm. say. Is there a script? I'm a very quick study. But um, I don't need. I could learn my lines the night before, or like even. Oh yeah. Or even no, like me too. I I just think it's good to learn them for sure. Because yeah. I think once you learn them, then you can you're not thinking about them, so yeah. you can for sure get into the character. Obviously, more. it's important to learn your lines. Do that, but me personally, I yeah. I can be quite quick with learning the lines as long as like mm. that's probably because I I reread scripts a lot. I don't just read it once. Mm. I mean, obviously, you can't do that as an actor. You have to read it a m- bunch of times. But I kind of go a bit the extra mile and read them too much, and then like. I'm like, mm. if a friend has written it, for instance, I'm like, oh my god, that line, that's amazing, like, talking to them about like that. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't, I think, I think we have similar processes, for sure, but I don't mm. really um, like to constrict myself and make it too, like, go like, like, I know some actors will write, like, on their script, like, every single kind of emotion or not emotion but like how they're going to do the scene like next to the dialogue they have like how they're feeling and stuff I don't do that I can't like Mm. I can't read my script and just write down like a bunch of different words being like adjectives being like this is how I would feel because like Mm. it's so it so depends on how like I said the other actor is performing with you or you know context Mm. of the scene how the director sees it compared to how you see it obviously both of your interpretations are important but I I prefer to just wait till we're rehearsing it and blocking it to see how the scene will flow mm. and then I can kind of hone in where my emotions are going to go. Um if that yeah. makes if that makes sense. <laughs> no it does. I think yeah, that's kind of how I feel as well. Now and like like this is obviously like this is just what works for me. Like mm. this is what works for you. Like I know some some people find that stuff really helpful and I think it's it's great. Uh if that is if that is something you feel like really works for you. But um yeah, I think for me I just like to um you know, obviously you could write something down, say maybe you think that you're playing it, you know, like when you first read it, you're like, Oh, this is how it's gonna be, you know, the character is really angry. But then maybe when you're doing it, you're like, Do you know what? I think they're actually just really hurt and sad and I'm gonna do it more like that. You yeah, know, so yeah. it can you know, it can be helpful to kind of look through and kind of go, Okay, well maybe this is how it is, but then, you know, obviously never be just like, you know, 
if you get too caught up in, in your notes and stuff and you're like, no, this is definitely how it is. Like you just I think you just never want to end up in a place where you feel really stuck or like held back by by that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Like you want to be able to be like kind of fluid and like, OK, well, maybe mm. it could be like this, actually, or, you know. Always, always willing to like kind of move and adapt. Yeah. Would you ever like consider, uh, like I know you like acting is your main thing, but I think I've touched upon this. Like, would you ever consider like directing yourself or, um, um, or even like writing uh, writing a piece or anything like that? No, it's not really something that interests me to okay. be honest. I um, directing, nah. I don't think it's something that really um. It calls to me. I'd pr- I'd be I'd prefer to be on the stage. Right. To be right, honest. Okay. Yeah. So um, it's not something that really interests me. Um, as for writing, you peaked during Gone. Maybe, but like, yeah, I peaked during Gone. <laughs> uh, Gone, Gone is the this film I wrote when I was in first year of secondary school. We, I think we've talked about yeah, it. On watch the our watch before. our first Q and A to hear all about yeah. Gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I used to like, like, when I was in, like, primary school and stuff, I loved writing. I wanted to be a writer, but it doesn't really interest me anymore. Okay. I think I prefer to just be, I like being on the stage. I like to be up and doing. I'm a doer. So I like to be up and doing stuff. Right. I like to be on the stage. It's more, it's the most interesting part to me. Okay. Or to, like, ask you something about directing. I don't know. What's it like from the other side of the... The situation, like being a director, like where you know, how do you find you get like good performances out of actors? Um, I well, first and foremost, I love directing. Um, I think it's probably the role in which I feel most confident in uh, when I'm and, mo- and most happy in for sure. Like when I'm on a set or on something, and it's your own your own piece, and you're the team leader. I fucking love that. I think it's great. Um, but. To get a performance out, I mean, um, like I said, um, like uh, actors or artists, directors or artists, I don't like to um, come into a film shoot or go into a set with a set notion of how I want the scene to play out. Obviously, I have the beats I want the actors to hit and the story. Mm. I mean, obviously, the story is number one priority is like, you know, that's the priority for any film, you know, tell the story and do it and get to the end, you know, and follow your structure and follow the themes and the um, message you want to, uh, you know, promote. But I don't like to go into a set with a set notion of this is how it's going to run, you know, with so I like to give the artists room, the actors room to explore because they're artists and I want them to show me their work as mm-hmm. I want to show them my work. So it's a joint effort. That's like the biggest thing for me. Like, what's the point in going into a film set and acting all higher and superior, even including your crew? I should, you, that's what I hate. I hate, I'm going to go off. I hate getting oh. on a film set, which has happened to me a lot. Exclusive. Um, I hate getting on a film set, whether it be a professional one or a student film. It's just like when a, a director will come on set, and I hate when they're... Um, have set notions of what they want from their cast and the crew and they they have like they just don't let the their other colleagues you know explore their roles and bring things to the table 
I don't understand that. I, I mean, I totally admire a director who has a vision and wants to tell their story, but I think you have to, to be able to tell that story um, in, in the best way possible. You have to work together as a team because you can't, you can't make a film alone. You genu- like, I mean, mm. you can try, as we did when we were young, but I mean, we had each other to kind of <laughs> go off of, so it's like, fine. But um, yeah. I don't I don't understand that. I never have hacked that. I always get very frustrated and I can't take the, sh- the, the, the set or, frankly, the script or the story seriously when a director acts like that. I think it's very much a collaborative effort. I think that... Especially- Sorry, you're like anti-auteur. But even, I think... Some, I mean, I, I don't, I have to look, I have to study more about like auteurism and like how it works, but like, I mean. Because like, I know people say like Stanley Kubrick was like an auteur. He was, or, like, yeah. You know, and kind of people. he did have a very specific vision, but he, I, he still would have left. Oh, I actually, oh, sorry. I watched a really interesting video essay I must send to you actually um, by this girl, woman who was um, talking about uh, Stanley Kubrick uh, versus David Lynch kind okay. of filming. Okay, love that. Um, Working with, uh, I think it was about um, framing abuse towards women and like the different ways that like they filmed, like uh, how say with um, it was kind of talking about. um, I don't know if you've seen Lost Highway. No, I haven't seen it. I actually haven't seen it either, but um, that movie is kind of about this um, abusive uh, man who's like abusing his uh, girlfriend but it's it's David Lynch so it's very kind of like surreal and you know there's like weird elements to it and then kind of comparing that and how it was filmed with um, The Shining and how obviously um, Shelley 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 Duvall had a really bad experience (laughs) on that movie Um, and uh, it's a really interesting video essay Um, I must send that to you okay um Yes, please. Yeah, I guess it was like talking about how, you know, Stanley Kubrick maybe was like got a good performance and did a good job, but was like a bad person. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, but like David Lynch on Lost Highway was very like, well, um, uh, who is it that's in that movie? Oh, my God. The mom from uh, Boyhood. Why can't I remember? Patricia Arquette. Oh, Patricia Arquette. Um, yeah, she and how she said that it was always a really safe environment on set and ah. she always felt very like, you know, safe and, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, never felt pressured or, or anything like that. So, you know, just different methods, different I guess. Methods, for sure. And that's the thing, <laughs> but, uh, like, you know, I'm not saying that. Poor Shelley got traumatized. Poor Shelley, honestly, to God, poor Shelley. But like, it's not like a thing that I will, I mean, I, I did say, I'll go back on what I said. I did say like, I can find it hard to, you know, care for, the story when uh crew like when directors aren't allowing like crew and cast to explore and make a collaborative effort uh mm-hmm. because like i, I mean even like auteurs like, i know that like stanley kubrick even though I'm, i know he was such a visionary and had such specific ideas with his performance and story and how the film was gonna be shot and stuff but he also he would i mean it was also collaborative i know like he mm. off the top of my head i mean he worked with like what um Ah, oh, the name, the Steadicam inventor and operator on The Shining. So I'm sure a lot of yeah. like, ideas yes. from him yeah. came into, was like, you know, brought in and Kubrick listened and stuff. And I'm sure like, you know, other actors, you know, have brought their own ideas to Kubrick and he was, you know, I'm sure he was, he allowed them to explore a bit. I mean, I'm not sure for sure, but like, I mean, I'm sure that he wasn't the kind of director who was just like, no, 
Do you know what I mean? I'm not, but yeah. obviously I don't know for sure. But I hate when, I hate when directors do go like, no, this is how you're doing it. And I'm just yeah. like, guys, come on. Like, this is how we are. It's, it's, let, it's director, it, not dictator. Work. Exactly. And I hate that. I don't want to, you know, I don't, who wants to work with a, a team or like a, a crew or a cast that aren't, you know, working, who aren't like putting their creative minds to work and showing you what they've come up with. I think that's so exciting mm-hmm. too. Like when you talk to an actor, like as a director, when you're like, you know, what I love so much, I think you know this about me, like when I write a script and like, say if I've developed this story for like, you know, a couple of months and I'm like, I'm at a stage with the draft where I'm really excited and and ready to, ready to go. And I bring the actors in for a rehearsal and I, I like to, I like to do rehearsals before, um, we start shooting, whether it be on set or off in or in costume or not. I like to have, take time and do rehearsals to let the actors, to give them just kind of pointers, but also let the actors explore the role and explore the scene, as we did on Standing on Your Grave. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to sit down with them and obviously show me what they've done. It's like, you know, it's like, it's it's the same principle for like, you know, say an actual paint, like three painters get together in a room Received, receive a concept or like, you know, okay, you all have to paint this thing. Mm-hmm. They All three of them paint. And then they meet and discuss it, discuss it. And like their ideas and why, like, oh, why did you compose it this way? Why did you use these colors? Why did you, you know, it's that, you know, it's like, it's, uh, it's analysis. It's, it's, it's discussion. It's figuring out what's best for the scene and what wor- what works for the message and the story and the script. And I really, I find that really fun and interesting. And I think, I remember like us doing that on our film, Standing on Your Grave, which is now in its festival run and doing very well. Um, mm-hmm. But I love, I love working with actors and like seeing them um, explore a character. I don't, I obviously, I don't really mind, like, you know, like what we're saying, if, like, a lot of preparation goes into the role, I don't really mind, as long as, you know, um, I, I like to see variety. As long as I see something, you know, with the performance that they're thinking, and that they're, like, they have ideas of what they could do with the scene, or with the text, or with the dialogue, you know, they could have different ideas, or, like, do a line different ways, I love to see actors um playing with the material and that's also the same that goes with the crew um uh no i was just saying that i like working closely with like all my heads of department um especially like you know like your my cinematographer or my dop uh i like to i like to have some freedom there too like i'll make a shot list and i or like when i write a script uh because usually I, i write and direct when i write a script Naturally, as I write, I can picture how I'm going to shoot it naturally. It just kind of mm. comes in. I'm just like, okay, I'll shoot that. Um, I know the general specifics of how I'm going to shoot this scene, how it's going to work. And um, I like working with my DOP to go to him with an idea of how I want to shoot it, but also let him explore. Because he knows so much more about camera than I do, more about lighting, more about lenses, and like, you know, mm-hmm. what I can bring to the frame and bring. Um, structurally and also aesthetically um, mm. and it's it's fun to work with him because like and all, like various departments that you I don't know a lot about and I can you know let them do their work and, and I can give them some ideas and like you know general general kind of very basic thoughts on you know for like hair and makeup how I would like her hair to be styled you know generally like with 
with Standing on a Grave for your character, I remember specifically saying, oh, I don't want her to look too perfect because she's, um, she's in mourning and she's grieving and she's, mm-hmm. she doesn't care. She doesn't want to wake up every morning, do a very dramatic hairstyle. She probably just puts it up and makes it, you know, suitable, but nothing too drastic. Mm-hmm. And then she'll go off and be like, cool, here's what they're, like, here is the style that was of the time whether it be like a period time or whatever. And then she'll give me ideas and say, oh, what if we could also like do this with her makeup or do this with her hair? We could do that and that. And then that'll like, I'm learning as well. Because I've seen a lot of directors who like listen to a head of department come up to them being like, oh, here's some ideas I have for you. And they're like, oh, I don't know about that. You just sort it out yourself. And it's like, don't you want to, it's yeah. your, it's your, it's good. It's going to be your shot. You are filming this. Do you want, mm. do you want to like collaborate find out what's going to be on that screen that you're shooting because you as a director you should be, you should be acknowledging every single aspect of that frame yeah you shouldn't just be like oh it's fine put her in whatever like oh yeah that that dress will do or like yeah it's like that is so important like every single thing that like why together yeah but all, not just like aesthetically what's going to look good in the screen but also like what would that character wear well how would that character present themselves in that day in that time um you know, all these things, um, which I find so fun to explore yeah. with, with cast and crew. I think it's so exciting. And like, when you're not doing that, you're kind of like taking the fun away. Yeah. You're j- it's just work then. You're just like, you know, you ha- you're, it's, it's, you're adding more stress to yourself by not listening to others. You're like, because you have this, because if you don't talk to them and if you don't work with other people, you're stuck in your head about how you want this to look. And no one's going to understand what your perspective is because you're not tell- talking to anyone, not like exploring what could be done. Mm-hmm. So it's just making your job so much harder if you're not like collaborating, essentially. Yeah, communication it's so important. is key yeah, in every aspect I, of your life. It just annoys me. Whenever I see a director like that, I'm like, ugh. Like, yeah. look, if you're a fucking famous director and making it and you're acting like that, fair enough. But when you're like learning and you're, it's like, the start of your career and you're doing stuff you should definitely learn to listen in my opinion yeah um but yeah I, I love directing i think it's definitely the um my favorite aspect of film i love acting as well but directing and like, like writing especially i love writing i love i don't love I mean, it writing is also very grueling because it's just such a for me it's like i i, I can i come up with concepts quite easily but it's the actual structuring of the story on a script and setting it like a beginning in the middle of the and the end and getting the beats down and how the story is going to flow. That's what I find difficult because every storyline in every storyline now isn't going to be completely and totally original. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, the it's, it's fun, but it's also hard work is finding, you know, some uniqueness in the, unoriginal concepts if that makes sense yeah um you can think of an original concept but they'll be like you know you'll have influences as we all do but um i think what's fun is finding themes that you want to explore from a personal level possibly or even just themes you find interesting and want to like look delve deep into um but also uh changing up the genre or changing up a concept that has been kind of done done similarly before like yeah. for instance with standing on your grave which is the film we made together about we filmed it two years ago um it's a ghost three story period ago. 
three years ago, fucking hell. It was like, it's a period drama ghost story and very much influenced by loads of ghost stories I was reading and watching at the same time. Um, I wanted to tell a ghost story that first and foremost, I wanted it to look at grief and how it explored someone's psyche during this time of isolation and mourning and how it affected them. That was like the main premise I had. It's like a concept like, you know, that could be done before. But I knew I wanted to kind of flip the genre and flip the script a bit because I'd watched a lot of and read a lot of ghost stories that were quite pessimistic in their endings and had like very either, you know, someone died or they were all dead and they were imagining mm. that they were real and they were go like the others. Like, you know, all these things like and also like, you know, someone was scared so much they were traumatized for life and everything like a lot of negative undertones mm. to the ending so it was never very like Ugh. i love i love i like making and watching films that have a bit of hope in them i hate watching films that are like completely grim Bleak. and heavy yeah. and they're like you leave the theater like fuck i want to die like it's not fun mm. um but i like to i like a bit of i like a bit of hope in stories like even like stuff like Schindler's List you can look at as being a very depressing film, but there's a lot of hope there in the end and and throughout the film there's a lot of, you know, good in it, not just completely grim. There is grim stuff in it, obviously, but like there is a lot of, you know, positives and hope in the story. And like yeah. that's kinda of what I wanted to do with Standing on Your Grave when I was writing it was like, you know, kind of making it a bit more of a a happy ending and mm -hmm. giving this giving the main character after this kind of twenty minute story of going through a lot of hardship and trauma and fright i wanted to give her like at least something in the end that like you know she she had a hope and she had like she had something in the along like in the sun in the sunset what's the word something on the horizon like yeah. a good thing that could potentially happen to her in the future mm -hmm. um so i like to do that i think it's a it's a fun way to write is to explore like um like obviously tell the story you want to make but it but change up the genre, make it unique, make it different, but also, like, tell a story that, like, you want to tell in terms of, like, themes you want to explore mm -hmm. and just a general, not, like, a message, but just, like, for lack of a better word, yeah, for a message that you you want to kind of convey to an audience and make them feel. Because you don't want to just, like, show them a film for the sake of it, being like, oh, I came up with this for no reason. Let's watch it. It's kind of like, yeah, but, like, Mm. What what are you trying to tell here? Like, what's the what's the um, purpose of this film? How mm -hmm. is it going to impact me? And that's why I also I'm interested in like audience uh, f identifying with the piece or like finding some sort of um, relevance to their life in some mm -hmm. way. But I love writing, but it is hard because you have to um, you know avoid uh, influences because that's everywhere now with film. But um, mm. have I told you I'm I've I've I'm writing again? I'm like writing a new film. Oh, cool! No, I'm not sure. Have you? I don't think I've told you. I've written the a, first a, draft of a short film, and I'm really I really film. like brand new film. Exclusive I don't think I've... Adam Howe. I know. Uh, reveal. Oh my god! Reveal on the podcast. I'm not going to reveal anything about it, but um, it's set like right post Irish famine. That's all I'll say. Oh. But um, I'm really... For St. Patrick's I, Day? I know! Look at this guy. <laughs> I like... I, the concept came like about a few months ago and I was reading a lot about a specific um, like job that was uh, 
very relevant during the famine. And I just explored that job, read a lot about it, and then came up with a concept and a story surrounding that. And I was like, ooh, this is an interesting concept and idea. And I kind of like wrote down, like how I write generally is like, I'll think of an outline, like of a log line, which is like, you know, basic, just write down what the film's about in like a sentence. Like, you know, like what you want to tell and what it is. And then I'll write down like, I'll start developing the beats and how the story is going to play out. Like when we're going to meet the characters, um, like the start, like when will the plot begin development? You need to give a bit of exposition and all that. And Mm -hmm. basically planning out the structure of your film and your acts is difficult, but also uh, I, I find the actual structuring of the story difficult, but thankfully there's dialogue I love writing dialogue and dialogue is able kind of helps motivates me to keep um, structuring it, structuring it. It like it gets me going. I'm like, Oh, I'm looking forward to like, I really want a scene with this character talking to this character and the outcome will be this. Where will I put it? Okay. It works here. Yeah. Let's work on developing up to that moment, then write it. And there we'll explore it more and draft by draft work on it. Yeah. Which is also a big thing I like is, you know, what people, some writers don't do, which is like, what? It's like, guys yeah. don't get, is like not writing more than two drafts. I'm just like, guys, like, it's so good to just, I think six is a minimum of drafts mm. you should wow. write. Minimum. I think you should yeah. just, but not like in a way like, oh, like I'm not, I don't want to sound like pretentious and be like, oh, you should always be writing. But like, it's so, it's so much, it's so fun and liberating to give yourself the time to mm develop um characters and story elements um to a level that's that will work on 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 screen yeah um do you ever find it hard oh sorry no 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 i'm done do you ever find it hard to be like okay i'm done now i'm gonna stop tweaking it uh, or are you like you're kind no, of always I, go I'm I'm done that's enough I think I always know when it's when it's right it's right <laughs> or yeah. it like I can always like when I when I read through the last few drafts or like the last draft and like changing things I want to give myself enough uh, freedom in the script to explore like I said with the actors during rehearsal so mm-hmm. I get to a point where I know it's it's at a stage where I want to film this and also I'm ready to um, develop it even further on set. Yeah. With crew and cast and see what we can, how we can tell the story. Maybe, and maybe, maybe add a few things, add a few shots or add a few, you know, add a line here, improv, you know, here and there and see how that works. But um, Mm -hmm. I don't find it hard to stop um, particularly. uh, But yeah, that's that's kind of my process. But I I I I really want to get into um, adapting. I'd love to adapt a book. That's kind of mm. like one of the things I'd. I mean, I practiced a couple of times with novellas and like short stories and short uh, like hundred page books, um, which is always fun because you know they're short and you can explore and add characters or add things and stuff and do um, include themes and include. Uh, storylines that 
um, you think will benefit the, benefit the overall plot and also you can just kind of include it because you want to and you can like explore these themes that you want to explore mm-hmm. um, but that's on the that's on the that's on the uh, checklist the bucket list to adapt something that'll be really fun you'll do it I see yeah it. I'd love okay. to adapt like a George Ed Hare novel or something random like that <laughs> okay that'd be kind of cool I mean just a like proper Regency fucking you know dramatic romantic thing Hell yeah. fucking... you should adapt that like uh that uh, gay uh oh the one that you got me no no the the porn one. Oh god i got this book um <laughs> last summer i didn't even and i rarely i rarely don't don't finish a book i like i hate the idea of starting a book and being like oh i i i have to finish it now it's weird it's like ocd it's like a weird yeah. thing i like i want to finish it but this book, I just—it was a lost cause. Well, <laughs> it was a lost. Didn't you cause. buy it? You were like, "Oh yeah, like a gay period drama," and then you bought, yeah. got it, and it was actually like an erotica novel. <laughs> yeah, I, literally, I googled "gay regency," which was probably the bad idea, and yeah. it was the first thing that popped up, and it had like four and a half stars, and I didn't read the reviews, which was a red flag. Um, but I, I just, I saw it, and I thought it was like, I was really dumb. I must have been drunk or high because, like, I thought it was published in that, that during the time and I thought it was did no research whatsoever oh. I just kind of it must have been a deal but I, I ordered it and it arrived and it was published like two years ago and it was a Regency like gay porn book <laughs> they're like having sex and they're like oh, that's oh like make me everything. spend that's what they say <laughs> instead of gone they it was say spend all. for me spend for me beloved yeah, like I spend all. on the carpet that's what they say ew oh yes I remember Gross. that it was vile yeah I remember that but I stopped I got like chapter 4 and I was like I'll pass I still have it here somewhere I'm not gonna yeah, name but you it could because adapt I don't want to get cancelled adapt it imagine, <laughs> imagine though like I think that's exciting getting a book that's like not great and then adapting it into a film that works yeah make it that's work kind of, that's a fun idea I'd love I'm to not... see uh, you know hardcore Has gay regency movie like how many of them are like exist like probably not i don't many. know oh not really i'm guessing i mean because bridgerton is so woke i'm assuming yeah. there's like a gay storyline in bridgerton i probably. haven't watched it i wonder but I'm assuming there is i want like brokeback mountain but regency but it's not maurice maurice morris so morris maurice morris <laughs> morris, morris is, is great. so good oh I fucking That's love so morris good. go watch morris guys um I hope you do but, like yeah. that book I got you for Christmas as well. It's next to my reading list. I'm, yeah. I've just, I'm nearly finished. It had a, a book lot of good reviews. Was... Okay. I'm very excited for that. Um, so we'll go on to the, yeah. Okay. These my are like phone is on points. 10%, by the way. Okay. So we'll do know. one more question because we've done a okay. lot. We'll but, just um, do, a, do a I had a, I had a funny question, like, um, going, cause me and Julian have had a long and illustrious career together. Um, do you have, uh, like, I kind of want to ask you, like, what's your favorite film we've done together? But also, I kind of want to ask your least favorite. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which could be more fun. Like, well, my favorite is obviously Standing on Your Grave, because I feel like it was, obviously, it's the most professional one we've ever done. Um, yeah. You know, it. we had a whole crew. I mean, we, you had a whole crew. I was part of that crew. Um like I I love it. I think it's really really good. Um mm. it it felt like the evolution. I was like, yes. 
And I was yeah, so proud the of evolution you. there was crazy. Yeah, so obviously it's standing on your grave. Easy pick for for favorite, least favorite. Um, I don't know, cause I love I like them all for different reasons, and like you know I have <laughs> memories attached to them. Is there one that I'm like, oh, that one is just bad? I know what you're gonna say. What? Which one? It takes three, girl. <laughs> Which one? It takes oh, it takes three. three? Oh my god, I forgot about that one because it never went on YouTube. Um, <laughs> For good reason. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about it. Do you know what? It's probably not as bad. I remember when we filmed it, I was like, oh no, oh, I so felt like it now. was bad when we were filming it. But yeah. um, it's probably not as bad as we like thought it was. <laughs> yeah, it takes three. Was It was a short film. <laughs> i wrote it when we were like 14 well i wrote it when i was 14 um yeah. and i tried to pretend that we were college students writing from the perspective of a 14 year old which was fun but um and we it was like, basically it's a love triangle jillian yeah. is um the student who uh in who's looking for a new roommate invite uh, gets a new roommate she fancies the roommate the roommate is gay the yeah. gay roommate fancies her neighbor and the neighbor fancies the girl. So, so it's it was a, love a real triangle. love triangle, not it just was, a. Which it was boy the real modern pick? love triangle. Yeah, which boy will I pick? And um, I'm in it, looking chunky yet funky. Uh, no. Jillian's in it, looking good, uh, including two of our other friends um, yeah. who did a good job considering the script was shite. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it was I a really remember, bad like, script. It was me I, trying I to do comedy to for the first. Nothing to serve. I have nothing somebody... to serve. There were some good. What other lines? Um, I put like the kettle fuck. in the fridge. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Uh, oh my god! Of course, um, love is blind. Love's in a coma. Oh yeah, that one that comes up a lot. Love um, is blind. Love's in a coma. It that line, love is blind, comes up in a lot of movies. We'll watch, and then we we always have yeah, to shout. Like, love's, love's in a, in a coma. coma. Um, isn't there stuff that like? Uh, <laughs> um. Viv yeah, I just love stage. like you know we filmed it in my house for like my like when I'm living in this apartment and I'm like, like it's that typical like almost like that it's, sitcom. But it's like so clearly your family like, house. I know, it's not and it's like a flat. I I need a roommate. I'm like, how the fuck are you affording this entire gaff? It's not like um, the rent and change that it was like it was like two forty a month. Two forty. Yeah, we're like <laughs> something like that. Gonna, it was like a family how am I house. Afford it. Yeah, it's um. um but also, I, I that, that's that's the behind the scenes scoop. Was like we were going to film in my sister Amy's flat in Cork, but she was doing her finals, yeah. So I couldn't. So I had to ask if we could film in your house, yeah. Um, which is bad. Uh, so yeah, oh, well. though, that's that's for me my least favorite, mainly because it wasn't funny and I didn't want, I didn't know what I was fucking. Maybe doing. we need to give it a rewatch and see if it deserves a second chance. Maybe, but yeah, but I'm not upload it. Just a second it. chance at our hearts. But it was super inconsistent because I remember we had to leave your house at a certain point. We went to mine. Yes, and, and then we started filming at your house, and it was like the layout of the house is completely different. So it different. was like two different houses. It looked <laughs> yeah, so and like different. your house is so clearly different to my house um in terms of its layout it was not consistent at all so that's my least favorite but you know what also i was thinking about yesterday i was thinking about this at work i was like another film that i was like proud the fuck of when we were young because like there we've made a lot of films there are a lot of films like we've won like some awards at like 
junior festivals and like those films I'm very proud of but there's one film that like we never really released to festivals only to YouTube because we were going to actually make a full film out of it but we didn't it was The Snap so basically yeah I actually yeah, really right? cared of that one too I think Girl, it turned out good I even though it was only like two minutes I show that to my friends when I'm like, oh, like, what did you do when you were a kid? Like, what did you make when you were young? And I was like, I'm showing them the snap because it's fucking short and sweet. I always show people snap. Yeah. It's short and sweet. It's pretty decently shot. It's still on YouTube if anyone wants to watch it. Can I just say the fucking editing is part of my proudest work. It's seamless. So basically, what happens is it's this tiny thing. It was initially going to be because we did this series um, of called Ghost Stories and we like made six or five or six short films that were ghost stories and they're all kind of in this like umbrella series and we came up with like an opening concept of the beginning of a short film in which like a girl is chilling out goes to climb a tree um and ends up falling and dying and that was the concept it sounds kind of shit but that was the and then we were like okay well we'll film this and then we'll build a story from that that was what we said yeah i remember like we had just gotten a bunch of new equipment like your i remember your dad very kindly got us like the crane and it was so exciting for us and like the crane leveled us up the crane leveled us oh my god it did like we won us we won a cinematography award Purely because got, of that, like, that crane that, the and the dolly to put thing. on our yeah tripod. Yeah, it was sick. Nice. Um, but we did the and then like we basically shot the, this up, or that like tripod that wraps around things. You know, we had, oh we, yeah. we, we like climbed up the tree to like get a really cool shot from the tree. Yeah, we did loads. We like literally did our own stunts, genuinely. So like yeah. Jillian is like chilling. She goes and like is wandering about. There's this like sense that she's being watched at mm. the beginning. And she goes uh, to climb this tree and it's kind of like slanted. It doesn't, it doesn't go too high. But the way we shot it was we did a lot of low angles and trickery with the... We switched lenses a lot and tried to make it look like she was getting higher. But realistically, you weren't getting that high at all. You were really no, just kind of like a few high. feet from the ground. And I remember filming it being like, oh, this probably won't read. This probably isn't going to work realistically. So we'll just like do what we we'll get. I remember thinking we have to just get tons of coverage. Yeah. I just film a lot and just see what I can do with the with the music and see if I can distract and make it work. And it actually fucking worked. I just literally made... I remember making the... Because the tree wasn't that big and we couldn't yeah. like... But I remember elongating it to make it look like you were actually climbing. Because it, it was were, like a tree was, that had like fallen over. It had fallen over, yeah. So it was like basically just kind of slanted. At yeah. Like I want to say like a maybe a 40 degree angle mm. it was very i mean i'm terrible at maths but it was just like it was like the barely uh fucking boop, boop, boop. yeah it, it. It no that isn't the word um, it, it wasn't that high off the ground, is, like it wasn't there wasn't it wasn't there wasn't it wasn't steep it was very yeah level and but we shot it and like like you said we like put the this like tripod that attached to like the branches we went really high and like yeah. all that stuff and like got the crane and like had the camera like following your feet and then basically at, she's climbing this tree and then she she slips and she's about to, and she thinks she's going to fall but she doesn't mm. she's like kind of she grabs herself and then she <clears throat> then she actually slips and she falls and she like literally falls on this plank of wood and her fucking spine splits like it breaks yeah and like it sounds really grim but like it was I remember when we did it and when I was editing it I was like I remember like behind the computer being like holy fuck yeah <laughs> like, this I, I was surprised at how good it turned out, like, uh, you know, considering we were just literally two teens filming in the back yeah. garden. I feel like it looks good 
all things considered. That was like nearly and 10 years ago now, which is nuts. If, if anyone wants to watch it, if you just Google or go on YouTube and look up uh, yeah. cut and print films, snap, it should come up. Yeah, the snap. I love the comments there. on that video. They're like, she died. Such a loss. <laughs> like, fuck you. I love reading the comments on some of our old <laughs> the shit. The shade. There's some like funny ones. People just being like, they can't act or yeah. like, so like this is not good. And I'm, I'm like, a teen. But then we get loads I'm of good ones. Because minor. do you remember like we used to get like, I mean, plug. We used to get like fucking so many views. Didn't um, friggin' the girl in the valley has like three hundred thousand views or something, which yeah. I know obviously isn't like lots when you compare it to like big YouTubers, but it's still. A pr- but I mean, like for, for us, small like Irish, like teenage filmmakers. Yeah. Honestly, not bad. I want to just check. Honey, I know that uh, standing on your or no, not standing on your grave. Um, the girl in the valley has the comments turned off. Um, Th- that's were we because getting some I'm, shady comments? We got some shady comments in that one. Ouch. There was a lot, because I think because Protect it was getting me. so much views, people were like thinking it was going to be like an amazing short film, but we were still learning. Yeah, we were still you just teens I mean? making We were still movie. teenagers. Yeah. And like none of our films are by, f- at any, I'm not saying like The Snap is a perfect film. No, you know, it's, ba- I, yeah. it's literally, we were, there's no structure to the story. It's, it's just, just us a well, messing around. Yeah, messing around, but it turned out to look good. But Girl of the Valley is full of flaws. Um, mm. But we just made it to made it to make it really. But yeah, Girl of the Valley has 152k. Like, we were teens. Oh, it's 100. What did I say? 300,000 views. That's, That's not grand. Not no, not the beach. Like so the beach has 87k. The snap has 13k. The trinket has 27k. This is good stuff. Holy shit! I have not looked at this channel. We're in blowing a up. Uh, I love- Iris and Violets has 19k. Does it? I love that. I like that one. That's a cute film. It's cute. My favorite is a Uptown Funk music video. <laughs> that is still there. 15K. I'm surprised that that hasn't been like taken down for copyright. Do you know we what's weird? We played a weird? whole song. Do you know what's weird? Those those kids in the video, they're all graduated now. They're like in the university. How strange. That was six years ago. We. Uh, I wonder if they like Seven ever look it up to be like, oh my, oh my God, remember this. Is there comments on her? How about I think no? I think I, think I deleted it. Off. I think because that was different though. That was because a lot of neighboring schools, because Bandon is just a shithole. Loads yeah. of neighboring schools were like fucking Bandon grammar, like in but the I back. Love, I had so many people be like, "Why did you guys like make that?" I was like, "Because our music teacher asked us to." I think people thought that we were like, "I want to make a music video for Uptown Funk," but that what? wasn't that it. Is not, it's it's. Sorry, you can tell what it is when you... It's just kids. It's just like, you know, it's a school project. It was like something we did for school. Yeah. (laughs) It was fun. It was fun. And like, I haven't seen that, I think, in a hot minute. No, me neither. I don't know why I don't want to watch it. Well... I think because I hate the song. (laughs) Yeah, dude. I'm just really sick of the song because I edited that film. Oh my God, you listen to it. And I heard that... I had to like, you know, get every single beat... With what they were, and they were lip syncing and dancing, and I had to like literally edit it really finely and like yeah. really pick at it. And we had so much, we shot a lot around the school. We so did, we had whenever, a lot of And all, whenever I think speech. of the, whenever I think of it, I'm always like, oh, Panda Grammar. Oh, you know which one I think is actually a sleeper hit? No More Bullies? <laughs> I think I actually put that. <laughs> did you on put it on private? private. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was um. My phone's gonna definitely... die. By the way, I'm on like three okay. percent. Just so you okay. know. But um. No more bullies. I just know. I whenever I think of no more bullies, I'm just like, oh, it's so long. And also, weird title. Now. No more bullies. 
Buying her, we got an anyway. original song. Okay, yeah. sorry, my phone is literally going to die. <laughs> That's okay. But you, you know what, wait, guys? Let us know if you would like us to do a full podcast dissecting all our, <laughs> our short That will be fun. I think that will be great. A <laughs> full season funny. of just our films. It would really just, just be interesting to us. <laughs> but... <laughs> no, no, I think people would find it funny. Because I remember when I was talking to my friend Sid about the one where we talk about Gone and she was like, Adam, that scene where you're like, ah, like, Oh my God, that was so funny. We, oh my God. Gone is a banger. You need to upload that on YouTube. Culture was reset. Release the, the fucking Gone gone cut. Um, Release it. So, we're going to let Jillian charge her phone, but this is a lovely, um, Yes, this was fun. Lovely episode. I'm really, I love just chatting. Maybe we'll make this, I think we should make this a more regular thing as well as doing Mm. reviews. Um, and just uh, so you guys can chat with us and we are looking forward to our next review I think we're going to be doing Eclipse is that correct? I think so yeah okay yeah we have to Let's do it. get back into Bella and Edward's love story yeah. that's the one I haven't seen in a minute and it's the one I it's the one I've seen the, the least most. yeah um, I, uh, yeah it's my least so. favourite one I think I'm going to go for a walk it's a beautiful day dude it's stunning Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I hope you have a good day. And I hope you guys have a good day too and drink loads of Guinness and... Or if you don't drink, Guinness 0%. Yeah, or just listen to like Riverdance and fucking vibe. Exactly. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys soon. Bye.